0: This podcast contains occasional rude words and possibly some very wrong concepts, so you have to blame yourself for listening, and we hope you have a laugh. G'day, it's the Moon Man here, Lawrence Mooney. Did you ever have a childhood dream denied, but can live with yourself because at least you tried? Check out this podcast, Saturday Afternoon Fever, with Matthew Hardy and myself, where we remember... What we were like as naughty kids, terrible teenagers and young, drunk, idiot adults. You're listening to Saturday Afternoon Fever, the reading of the book Saturday Afternoon Fever by my great friend Matthew Hardy. And you're my great friend Lawrence Mooney. Yes, I am. And uh, my job is to carry on the conversation, if you will, interject uh, when it's appropriate. And we are very close to the finish of Saturday Afternoon Fever. The final chapter is called... The The Final Final Siren Siren 2. And then there's a coda to the book called The End Note, which is very Samuel Beckett. But right now, it's The Final Siren 2, read by Matthew Hardy. Final chapter number 29 of
1: Saturday Afternoon Fever, the story of a fan who was on the outer looking in. What's in store for the Saints and the whole show Society today, this is written in 99, so I'm not even sure what's to come. So you yeah. know,
0: perhaps give me some indulgence. And what was in store for the Saints was the 2009 Grand Final lost in sleety, icy conditions to Geelong. Then the final year, the 2010 Grand Final, the draw, which was heart-wrenching. And then the following week when Collingwood ran amok. That's what was in why store. Do you, why do you hurt me? I feel the same pain because I've got an affiliation with the saints. But when you say, didn't you ever barrack for the saints, that is that is incorrect. I'm You're a, a, bringing up old stories from previous episodes. I am. You're harbouring grudges. Well, I, I, I can raise a grudge to its full flowering joy. <laughs> you know, the Dalai Lama, what he said about grudges. No. Bearing a grudge is like drinking poison, hoping, hoping that your enemy will die. Doesn't make sense to me. Yes, it does. Bearing a grudge is like drinking poison, hoping your enemy will die. Doesn't make sense to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> Doesn't it? No. So bearing a grudge is basically killing you because it's they don't know you've got a grudge. You're just you know sharpening the axe inside your surely own there's mind. grudge. Surely there's grudges that the subject of your grudge is aware of. Well, I'm sure, but is it going to affect them like it affects you? Because you're carrying around the burden and the poison. I don't bear too many grudges, so... No, so you I wouldn't, wouldn't know. know. What's in store for the Saints
1: and the whole show? Society today is a more ruthless environment than it once was, Lawrence. In the money-spinning world of first-grade footy, long periods of poor performance are no longer tolerated. Mm. This I'm embarrassed by this COD philosophy that I've finished on here. Yeah, that's... In hindsight. That's 23 years ago, but as true today as it was then... Fair enough, truer. okay. And we'll stick to the sort of footy analogies, right? Uh, That's what the book does. Okay. Uh, Two consecutive seasons without success may see any side nowadays facing extinction. Like putting down a pet that's in poor health, the underdogs might end up at the Undertaker's. Ooh. That's all right. Let us not forget that football is art. What a wanker. I wrote this. No, but... I'm me. If you're going to make a grandiose statement like that, you better justify it in the next paragraph. People can see a great goal or a particular piece of play they admire and watch it over and over on video. Mm, that's true. Just as they would listen to a favourite piece of classical music on their sound system. When moving a Picasso from one gallery to another, the utmost care is taken to ensure its safety and preserve the work's original pristine condition. So it should be with our code of football. Which in this case is afl nobody expects the game like the picasso to remain in the same place for eternity view it from a different angle for sure but just don't fuck with what made
0: the art so initially appealing please so you're going f- you're jumping from footy is art and so can be appreciated forever to don't change the rules a bit <laughs> yeah. more important than the
1: moves made around our great game by the men in charge is the feeling behind each ebb and flow we have something special here and we mustn't let it slip through our fingers Change the grip if need be, but never let go. Footy is forever, and so are the emotions it inspires. Absolutely.
0: It's a little bit full of shit. Yeah. If you ask me. I think it's a guy who's looking for a way to finish the book. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> or the podcast.
1: <laughs> the previous episode was just so perfect in its way of completion. Yeah, but there's always. A little bit of
0: qualification. I've
1: stayed too long at the party, if you ask me. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not sure. I read in a copy of Esquire magazine Mm. uh, many moons ago, they had a decadence issue and they interviewed, you know, the likes of Brian Ferry and David Bowie. Okay, cool. And and one of the final questions in each interview was, um, define decadence from your perspective. Yep. And David Bowie said, decadence to me is leaving the party before you wish you had of.
0: Yes, that it's is decadent, yeah. Anyway. Decadence to me. <sighs> no, that statement's illegal. <laughs> it's good to think things through. Yeah. Think before you speak, my dad used to say.
1: Yeah, it's being fed grapes by nubile. No, that's illegal too now. Anyway, no, it's not. You, n- nubile young women. Well, I didn't finish the sentence. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> back to the book. I'm not sure I enjoy. Back to the book. I'm not sure I enjoy the idea of where we are heading. Wow, Lawrence. The reader must have been enthralled at oh, this point. This authority tell who has me, the
0: power to change Tell seats. me, Matthew
1: Hardy. Plastic seats and mini pizzas. Light beer and ads on the star's asses. No smoking in the open air. It may all be safer and less expensive, but will the Peanut Man and his kind have a place in the grand plan? Well, here, here, yeah, You're
0: really prosecuting a good case now. Remember the Peanut Man? I don't peanut, peanut. Uh, he would carry a big sack, uh, a hessian, and inside that hessian, hessian sack, sack, sack over his shoulder was little brown paper bags full of. Peanuts with the shells still on. Yeah, fistful. And so... Uh, for 20 cents a you'd, piece. You'd buy them for 20 cents, and so you'd have peanuts. And I love the peanuts still in the shell.
1: Yeah, and I love being on the train home or the tram home and sticking your hand in your pocket because it was so cold. You wanted your hand to be warm, and you'd go, oh, there's peanuts left. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Anyway. Great comic strip, great food. Back to the book. Great memory. It may all be safer and less expensive, but will the peanut man and his kind have a place in the grand plan? Peanut. Where do you unload a gutful of grog when there's no opening windows on today's trains? Not only is it impossible to buy a hot jam donut while watching Fitzroy at the Junction Oval anymore, but it's impossible to watch Fitzroy anywhere at all anymore. What are blokes like Bert Newton going to tell their grandkids? Valet Bert. Yes, he was a big Fitzroy supporter. Once Upon a Time
0: won't be the beginning of a fairy tale, Lawrence. It'll be the start of a ghost story. That's right. Like my brother said in one of the final matches played... At the Lake Oval, he was a suburban coach. He said, Today you play in sunshine on this ground, and in the future they're going to race cars around this bloody oval. So get out there and win! It was great. Get out there and accelerate! Uh, Yes. (laughs) And the Junction Oval, now gone, now the Formula One Grand Prix track in Melbourne. That's right. No, not, yeah, the Lake Oval, rather, not the Junction. Junction's still there. The Junction's still there and is a, uh, the home of Victorian cricket. But anyway, back to the book. Maybe I should shut
1: my mouth. Maybe the men in charge know more about progress than I do. They don't. Attendances are at an all-time high. Well, they were before COVID. Players are able to earn a living from the game alone. Crowds can watch an instant replay whenever there's an iffy free kick. Statistics say that all is well. Outside the grounds, the freeways have become car parks and everything's privatised. Oh wow, this gets gone
0: on a political turn, hasn't it?
1: Is footy merely following the example set by major corporations across the country? Yes, it is. Sure, has. sure. I'll help roll out the red carpet for every new team the AFL introduces. I wonder if they will return the favour when my side needs assistance. I've loved my team for many moons. Mm. I've contributed cash. I've shown support and loyalty. Oh,
0: I see where the po- and politics now came from. I want some in return. That's yeah. It's self-interest and a pity party for a Saint supporter. That's what this is. What an appalling end to a great book. <laughs> Today.
1: <laughs> Today's football generates genuine excitement but I fear what the future holds. I long for the age of innocence. I wrote that seriously. I long for, for the, the age, age of innocence. innocence. <laughs> that I'm laughing but I feel
0: really bad in my tummy. <laughs> you know, that's and, funny. In my throat. But you... You're a naive author. I was 29 at the time. Yeah, you wrote this 23 years ago, full of passion. I Long for the Age of Innocence is a beautiful line. Deep down,
1: part of me will always be sitting in my jammies watching Disneyland in front of the fire. When you wish upon a star... Remember, that that was the start of the episode of Disney and you'd be running up from the bath, right, and Mum would be ironing your jammies... So they were nice and warm. And and, just the,
0: and then the finally the fireworks would explode. And Tinkerbell's uh, wand would like sparkle. That was the end too. Tinkerbell would come and do the little dunk on the eye on Disney and then fly away. And then you get to a point where things start to move a little bit. You're 10 or 11 and you think... Oh, Tinkerbell. Shut up. What are you on about?
1: In your little warm, just iron
0: jammies, you never things start to move. When I say move, metaphorically speaking, you're starting to get hormonal, and all of a sudden you notice Tinkerbell, you think, well, that's a pretty fairy.
1: No, maybe, maybe. Never?
0: (laughs) Not Tinkerbell, how dare you. uh, What? Sacrilegious. Tinkerbell is quite entitled to... Tinkerbell
1: was in your boyhood bank.
0: Yeah. Come off it. No, not, my, not the bank. No, but, but to, to just uh, pique a little bit of interest. Look, do you remember being at primary school when you're a kid and you see that beautiful blonde girl and you go, oh, my God, you know, you're struck by the beauty Sophie of it. Sophie Director, Susan Nash. Yeah. Shout out to both of us. Gail those, Beasley, right. Cheryl France, hello to you all. And, you know, they've got that Tinkerbell quality. There's magic, but there's beauty in it and you're attracted to it. I'm not saying you want to... Tear her wand off her and defile her behind the castle. For Christ's sake, you dirty beast. The, Disney, <laughs> the Disneyland castle.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say castle, but that's a separate argument. Um, deep it's, down... It's, it's, it's either. Deep down, part of me will always be sitting in majamis watching Disneyland in front of the fire. Mm. I don't know who makes them now, but I might go out and buy myself a
0: packet of footy cards. See if I can recreate that original adrenaline rush. I did that in 2003 i thought i'm an adult i've got money i'm going to go and buy the set so i'd buy you know five packets at a time open them up then i bought the album and i filled it and it was such an empty hollow experience that it almost diminished the previous experience of not being able to find or buy the cards or afford them and find that missing one and so and who did you swap with at the who did you swap with at the taps Yeah, no one. I bought them at the news agency. I was separated at the time and went home to my lonely house and filled in a a footy album of the 2003 and had them all and even had the extra gold ones. I thought that is a real lesson in life. when When you haven't got enough, when you're struggling, in fact, the struggle is the essence of life. The struggle is real. The struggle is the thing that makes it all sweet. When you're very affluent... And you can afford everything, then there's no struggle. And so people who are born into affluence, they're deprived of the struggle. But when you look back at the beginning of your career, as we will in season two, and you're struggling, and then you look back on that, you think, God, that was a beautiful time. Even though you may be cold and lonely and without a friend, it's the struggle that is the most precious moments in your life.
1: I agree, and that's why most bands, their best album is the breakthrough album, the one that finally gets them the recognition finally proves the doubters wrong. And when they're loaded and on yachts in Saint-Tropez with models, their next album is usually a load of shit. Oh, yeah, tell that to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Well, there are exceptions to the rule. Yes, there are. And so when you were um, at the taps as a uh, 38-year-old man trying to swap <laughs> with today's schoolchildren, <laughs> how did that go?
0: Well, got, 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 haven't. Got having. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, mate. Um, You're 38. You need to get off the school property. (laughs) I'm swapping footy cards. Okay, not some kind of low life pervert. It's just about the cards. We're going to call the cops. All right, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Can you stop talking about Tinkerbell? Um, But no. As a kid, I remember looking at Tinkerbell and thinking, "My God, she's beautiful." Is that the end of that chapter? That's the end of the book. What was the What was the final line? The final line was, I don't
1: know who makes them now, but I might go out and buy a packet of footy cards, see if I can recreate that original adrenaline rush.
0: Let's do that. Let's go and buy some footy cards, and then the next time we meet, exchange and see what we've got, and we can do a little bit of got, 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 haven't, got, got, haven't. Agreed. Laurie Sandilands. How many of those were there? Never heard of Too many. Laurie Sandilands?
1: Yeah. No. Played for Footscray. Did he? Yeah. You're, you've just given your age away.
0: You're a little bit... Uh, well, I'm talking about the 73, 74, 75 series.
1: Mate, when I was like four or five. Okay, so you hadn't started at that point. I'm not trying to bring you down. I just don't know who you're talking about.
0: There is a coda to this book that you're asked to write for a, a later edition, 10 years after the original. So when was this originally published?
1: 1999.
0: 1999. As Prince, as Prince sung of. Uh, let's party like it's 1999. Ten years later, 2009, you were asked to write the end note. So let's hear the end note on Saturday afternoon fever. Well, the first line gives me the fear because it's more of the previous bullshit. Well, keep reading. And I've
1: got no excuse then because it was a decade had passed. I should have known better. How many pages is the end note? About four
0: Ooh, okay. <laughs> I, not, I, not, I know, I'm sick of it as well. <laughs> well, let's read it, and if it's shit, we'll cut it.
1: <sighs> that should be the name of your autobiography. Shall I read
0: the end note? Yes.
1: Great idea. Because you have had enough of your I've own... I've had enough of my own bathwater.
0: ...chumpy writing. Okay, the previous writing was all right, but suddenly it's taken a taunt, t- turn for the worse. This is The End Note, as published in Saturday Afternoon Fever, uh, a later edition. First published in ninety nine two 2002. This publication came out in 2004. So not ten years after, five years after. Uh, says here Matthew Hardy. Born 1969. No, but that's
1: like the fifth reprint. So whatever date that says for publication okay. is different than the first or the... Oh, first I published mean, by Random House Yeah, I mean, it's been republished again in the past 12 months on the back of the right. success of this podcast. So
0: now There's three different covers, isn't there? Yeah, three different covers so yep. far.
1: But that said, what a relief that people are actually listening to this because I was reticent... We both were, I think, because I thought, oh, God, everyone and their uncle's got a podcast. Like, what if you're doing one that no one cares about? And and, what's going to be our original idea? Yeah, and what stage do you abandon it? You know, what stage do you realise that no one gives a shit either way? Well, luckily, people have given a shit so far, and they're continuing to do so, and now you've decided,
0: and I agree, that you should read the last bit that's the additional extra ideas. Back to the book. Uh, The chapter is entitled End Note. Footy to me is as much about hope, passion and loyalty as it is about pure entertainment. For two hours a week, footy provides the same escapism that I get from watching a Spider-Man movie or seeing ACDC do a stadium show or reading a novel on a rainy Sunday morning in the sack. Well, perhaps it provides more than that. It certainly takes me to another place. I forgot about the work or the relationships or the bills which otherwise might be causing me concern. Of course, a large part of such escapism is is to later share the cultural impact you've experienced personally with others around you. You'll ask a friend if they've seen the movie, if they've heard the band, if they've read the book. Did they like it or not? And if not, why not? Your opinion will then be either confirmed or placed in doubt under the weight of a varying viewpoint. Absolutely. It's all about sharing, isn't it? Now, this is weird because you're reading
1: my book. You're also commenting on my thoughts. (laughs) Okay. So really, there's
0: no place. I've become redundant, but I'm happy to sit here. Um, you might like someone more or less, depending on what they think of a certain creative endeavour. Really, oh, you like Troy? <laughs> is that the time I really should be? Go- is that the time I really should be going? Troy is atrocious.
1: What I feel an bad awful though because movie. Eric Bana is one of the stars of it, and he's a Saint supporter, and he's a Victorian, and he's a Melbourneian, and he's a great bloke, and uh, top comedian. And yet, yeah, uh, I've somehow
0: selected that film. And he there's- plays uh, the son of Peter O'Toole in the film. so oh, no. I he's don't playing against I was- one of the greats. I don't know what I was thinking. It's bad form. Um, yeah, and I don't think Eric needs to carry the can for Troy. No, I think he there's doesn't. a lot of contributing of factors course. there. No,
1: no, 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 I'm not even yeah. referring to him, but the fact that that is the movie I chose is something I'm ashamed of in hindsight.
0: Because- and he would be a fan of... Well, the Saints the for podcast, starters, because he was a big fan of the book, and uh, I would know that he admires you. So, Eric, if you're listening, we love your work, and uh, you're good in Troy. But boy, anyway, let's move on. Is that the time I really should be going? Or oh, really, you liked Kill Bill? Cool. So did I. What are you drinking? The point is, creative. Creativity can have a cultural impact, which creates discussion, which encourages community, which helps us learn about ourselves. As can footy and your impression of people depending on who they barrack for or what they thought of a particular game. I you know w- what? When you
1: find out someone barracks for Collingwood, I'm sorry, but the lights dim a little bit. And I've got great mates. I've got uh, in-laws that barrack for the Pies. The lights I've got, dim I've a got little a niece, bit. Caroline Hardy, barracks for the Pies. I couldn't love her any more, but... As as her uncle, but she breaks for Collingwood, and there's just a it's one percent less. It's and I and I, it's it's childish and it's beneath me, but it's the truth.
0: I've been inculcated into the way of the pie because one of my dearest, closest friends was a Collingwood supporter, and so I, um, have been able to you know walk a mile in his shoes if you will.
1: Well, first of all, I admire, it's now uh, 2022 as we speak. I don't know when this will be released, but, you know, it's August right now. And Collingwood's form this year has displayed some of the most exciting football I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And it, it hurts me to say so, but it's true. And, uh, yeah. They're a possibility for sure going into the final series. But even if they're not, it's just regards entertaining sport yeah. and the skill and style with which they play the game right now, uh, supreme
0: stuff crash or crash through kind of footy it's been great I'll go back to the, the first line on this page your impression of people depending on who they barrack for or what they thought of a particular game and that's where we got sidetracked onto Collingwood supporters the lights dim for me a little bit when someone says I'm a Swan supporter
1: Swans? what's wrong with them? hey
0: too many... Honour the game by day, day and by, by night. night. Lift that, that noble banner high. Shake down the thunder, thunder from the sky. I mean, what a line. Yeah. Shake down the thunder, thunder from, from the sky. sky. It's very godlike. It's very yes. Thor with a hammer, isn't it? It's, it's, it's xenophobic, is it? It's patriotic. Cheer, cheer, the red and the white. And that
1: has got the Honor incredible the smacker, fi- by smacker, by smacker Fitzgibbon banjo solo in the guts of it, too. Yeah. When he really gives it some what for in the middle. Deliverance style. Go on.
0: Just the whole South Melbourne, Lake Oval, Ladies of the Lake moving to Sydney thing and then the benefits that they have been afforded by the league season in, season out. And Dane Rampy wobbling the post against the Bombers and them winning that match. I so. brought my aforementioned
1: first ever girlfriend from London to Melbourne to meet my friends and family. And me and my mate, Adrian Skepper, um, we went with my girlfriend to uh, whatever the nightclub was at the old... Redheads. Redheads at the old Lake Oval. And uh, one of the former Swans players from our childhood uh, who became captain at one point was called Ricky Quaid. And my mate Skepper, who's been able to bullshit his way into all manner of high-end events, Great. Right? Uh, oh, said ones. to the barma- very friendly, lovely barmaid who f- first served us at Redheads with my English girlfriend on that evening, he, she said, oh, that'll be, you know, 27 bucks or whatever for the three drinks, whatever we ordered. And he said, oh, that's on the Quaid account with absolute confidence, looking her straight in the eye. And she, rather than you know, express a lack of knowledge about the Quaid account, said, oh, OK, sure. And then wrote it on a little notepad, as she did for the rest of the evening.
0: Fantastic and stuff. And
1: we did not pay for a drink. And I feel bad for that, barmaid, because I probably came back to haunt her. It might have been taken out of her wages. I apologise in hindsight. We thought it was funny at the time. When it comes to... We had money too back then, so we could have afforded
0: it. We're assholes, is what I'm saying. No, that's a bit of fun. We tried to indoctrinate my English girlfriend in on the act. When I was living in Perth for a while during the America's Cup in 1987, we lived in Scarborough opposite what was a place called Observation City. And uh, Observation City was originally built by Alan Bond uh, and his wife Eileen. Huge apartment block and um, hospitality retail downstairs and so my mate woody and i uh wandering through observation city on the way back from the beach noticed that um there'd be this plaque up on uh at the base of the stairs they had two big function rooms there and it'd be like um uh, the bp event uh the eileen bond room number one um rio tinto uh you know the allen bond room number two so we'd go home, get showered, come back in our clobber and just go, oh, we're here for the Rio Tinto event and go upstairs and drink free piss on a Friday afternoon, <laughs> hobnobbing with people yep. and talking to women from the Rio Tinto offices. It's cap- like captains of industry. Where do you work? Oh, we work on Groot Island. Yeah. We're uh, <laughs> zinc resources. Oh, really? Where do you live? In the hotel across the road. <laughs> and we went to corporate events every Friday night. It's like wedding crashes. No lanyard way. required.
1: Brilliant, yeah. Oh, My my, my, my mate Brenton Peddle, one of my best mates. Peddler. Peddle. His whole family are all legends and uh, their father, the patriarch, uh, Bluey Peddle, married to Betty Peddle. Anyway, Bluey's <laughs> really an Oakley Districts football club uh, legend from the uh, then uh, Southeast Suburban League, right? So Bluey and a few of his mates at uh, Camelot in Oakley, which is a famous uh, wedding reception centre Absolutely. in the area. It had four, a lot. It had four or five uh, rooms booked for you know, wedding receptions that would go on simultaneously every Friday and Saturday night and him and his mates would get suited and booted and turn up and switch from one soiree to the other trying to basically run from being exposed as not knowing any of the major players at
0: any of the four or five events. Oh, yeah, and you can just go, oh, sorry, is this the Rio Tinto event? I'm meant to be in BP. That's right, yeah. Yeah, if you get rumbled. So let's go back to the book... uh I just want to say about Swan supporters. When it comes to women wearing footy guernseys, which I do love at the footy, yes, I reckon the Swan's guernsey looks best on a woman. Okay, it's the it's the it's the. <laughs> do you know so, what I mean?
1: No, no, but, well, there's that, and there's Tinkerbell, and we've gotten inside information about your uh, preferences
0: that I've never known of before. You so have sat on, on this show and told me. Innumerable stories, a lot of, of them of off, you're attracted, a lot to. of them off air. Lawrence. Yeah, but no, when you 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 know what I'm talking about. You go to the footy and a woman's wearing a guernsey. In fact, but I, one I, of the major stories in Saturday afternoon fever it, is a woman wearing a St Kilda guernsey. Correct. What guernsey do you think looks best on a woman? St Kilda, of course. Right, but I, mean. I
1: did once. You know, so in Melbourne here, if you're listening from anywhere else, we have a a uh, annual football match called the Community Cup. Yeah, which is a fundraiser. Uh, where two teams of reprobates that are involved in the media or the radio industry play against each other for
0: fun mainly. So, of course, the game you're referring to is the Megahertz versus the Rock Dogs. So PBS and Triple R make up one side and then... There's a band of rock mu- or a team of rock musicians and stars, including the great Tim Rogers, Paul Kelly's played before. That's correct. Um, Rebecca Barnard, and uh, they make up the Rock Dogs. And what a day it is! It's an incredible day on the Melbourne social calendar, and, and it's for it's raising money for the homeless. Raising money for the Sacred Heart Mission in St Kildare. In fact, they had to cancel it one year at the Junction Oval because the crowd was so big. Uh, the police and then the council get involved and who's going to control the crowd and where's traffic management going to come from. And it became too expensive to um, actually uh, launch it or, or or house the thing. And so there was this year missed, which was crazy because it was raising so much money for the... And it sacred got so much mission. momentum. And yeah. basically
1: every person that's ever wielded a creative weapon... In the city of Melbourne would
0: be in attendance. I umpired it in uh, 2002 or 2003 with Brian Nankervis at Punt Road. And uh, that year, Tom Elliott, who uh, works on 3AW radio S- down son, here. Son of, son of Carlton's John Elliott. The former president of Carlton, yep. Uh, he was the megahertz coach and dressed in the powder blue suit that... Ron Barassi wore at the 75 grand final okay, and excellent. had the big VYI sunglasses on. We're going to finish this episode right there. We've only got a few pages to go. I'm reading the book now, Matthew Hardy. Uh, join us again on Saturday Afternoon Fever as we finish this wonderful tomb. Tome? OK, that'll do us, Lawrence Mooney, for today. I am having a ball, so uh, please join us on the next episode and tell your friends. Bring some friends along. Thanks for joining us. OK, if you haven't given us a rate and review, now's the time. We're counting on you.
1: Ample. here hee.
0: Is this thing on?
1: Yeah, that's on. Don't touch it.